Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. We're looking at uh, the legislation uh, that looks at the declaration um, of interests by members of the executive. And remember, the executive ethics code um, was also being looked at in this particular matter. And it's once again in the spotlight. And this time around, it involves the act, the public protector's findings into the theft of millions of U.S. dollars in cash from the president's Palapala game farm in Limpopo in February 2020. Now, the acting public protector advocate Kolega Talega found that President Cyril Ramaphosa did not violate the Executive Ethics Code in the Palapala matter. Now, Ramaphosa was accused of breaching the Executive Ethics Code and being in conflict of interest between his constitutional obligations and his private interests arising from his alleged paid work at Palapala. Now, remember in 2022, the Constitutional Court upheld a Gauteng High Court judgment that found legislation in the Executive Ethics Code was unconstitutional and invalid as it did not require members of the executive to disclose donations made to the campaigns for the election or to positions within political parties. And this was, of course, in relation to the donations that were made to President Cyril Ramaphosa's CR17 campaign for the ANC presidency. And you'd remember at the time this particular matter was in court because of that 500,000 rent donation uh, that was made um, by Busasa to his uh, particular campaign. But let's look at this particular issue now and ask is it time that we relook the legislation on the declaration by members of the executive? And of course, you can also take part in our conversation by calling in. You can also send us your voice notes. You can also send us even your WhatsApp messages as well. But uh, let's speak now to Director of Accountability Now, Advocate Paul Hoffman and Political Analyst Says Man Mutlawung. And let me thank you both for your time this morning. Let's start first with you, Seisman. This particular report has been seen by some as a whitewash, but has been seen by some as vindicating the president. What's your take? Yeah, Bongi, thanks for having me, and good morning to the listeners. What we hear as a whitewash is from those who were anticipating the public protector to find Mr. Ramaphosa guilty. And they would say uh, it's a whitewash in a manner in which the public protector has delineated the arguments in a technical manner. And then from there, it, it, they, they say you are letting him lose. For example, we see where the public protector says, uh, Mr. Rode confirms that Mr. Ramaphosa uh, uh, told me, reported about the, the, the robbery at the farm. He only, from that report, it, it is made as if Mr. Ramaphosa informed General Rode, but General Rode said there says, Mr. Ramaphosa did not tell me further what to do. It's a president saying, Rode, there's a robber at my house. And it stops there. And it's for Rode to decide whether it takes the uh, security personnel to the farm. That kind of a framing in the report. Uh, let's open the logic of saying, is that all he said? Didn't you say, go check what happens? Or, you know, that's where they feel uh, the report is amiss. And then on the other side, uh, the public protector says, there is no evidence that Rode, that Mr. Ramaphosa told Rode, go and do X and Y on my farm. Because of there being no evidence of such an instruction, 
the public protector says she cannot find that Ramaphosa misused the personal security. That on mm. both sides. Then it depends when, when are you ready to accept a narrative saying there's no evidence to prove or not prove, or there's an uh, or you are claiming the technical framing of a of a finding. You 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 see it as a whitewash. And for you, Advocate Hoffman. Yes, I'm, I'm afraid that the uh, the public protector has not covered, the acting public protector has not covered herself in glory in relation to the content of the report. The, the, the code of conduct is very widely framed. It requires the president at all times to act in good faith and in the best interest of good governance. And he's also obliged to meet all the obligations imposed on him by law. Now, what we have here, and this is not disputed, there was a deal on Christmas Day in 2019 in terms of which U.S. dollars were used to pay for some buffalo that were being sold from the farm owned by the president through a closed corporation and a a, an operation conducted on the farm through another close corporation. So the first thing that he needs to do, because of the amount involved in the uh, burglary, is to report the incident to the Hawks. The president, in his explanation for what he does, says that he reported the matter to is a uh, presidential protection service, not to the Hawks. He's already right at the beginning in, in, in breach of his obligation to report the burglary to the Hawks. And this is an important obligation that is, that is included in the code because South Africa has a corruption problem and this kind of uh, incident is one that could involve uh, money laundering. That is why the hawks need to be told. The hawks weren't told. Now, we also know that the robbery, the burglary, I should say, took place in February 2020, more than 30 days after the U.S. dollars were received at Parla Parla. The law requires that anybody in receipt of foreign currency has to deposit it with a banking institution within 30 days. So the fact that the money, the U.S. dollars, could be stolen in February tells us that the money was kept at Parla Parla for more than 30 days, and that means that the president did not meet the obligation imposed on him by law to declare the uh, receipt of the foreign currency. And I'd like us to... Pardon me, Advocate Hoffman. I'd like us to take a breather and also look at this issue of remuneration, um, you know, as the public protector also puts it, and listen to a, 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 a clip of the president speaking at an ANC uh, conference, which was a provincial conference at the time at the heart of the Palapala Meta. 
comparing the current president with his predecessor is seldom get us where we want to go. There will always be people who are smarter, luckier, popular, took better advantage of opportunity than others. It is fair, anyway, to feel whatever you want to feel, because bottling up feeling is going to do harm in the long run. Feel all the hatred, jealousy, envious you want, and then get over it. Peter Rampatelemashit, good morning. Good morning, Peter, and thank you so much for that view there. And uh, we're still in conversation with Advocate uh, Paul Hoffman as well as Seisman Mutlawung. And I'd like both of you to listen to to, to this particular um, audio of the president. And I ask this, in the context of what the acting public protector says in her report on remuneration, she says, it was observed that the president declared that he received no remuneration other than as a member of executive during the report reporting period 2020 and 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 I wonder um you know just how much of a, a conundrum could this particular clip cause especially for someone who's watching from outside in I buy and I sell animals sometimes people buy these animals and some of the people who bought some of the animals some of them are here I do it yes I do it through the sales are sometimes through cash or sometimes through transfers. Some of the people who are offshore customers and who are sometimes local, they come through and buy animals and some of them come also to hunt on the farm. And so this that's being reported was a clear business transaction of selling Seisman, what, what, what is your initial thoughts when you hear that, especially because, you know, of what we've seen uh, even around developments on this particular uh, farm and the public protector saying that he seldom spends time there, but we're listening to him at the Limpopo ANC conference last year. Yeah, when I, what you see in the public protector report is that there is no use or she does not rely on social media evidence. I think it's only once, and it's not that office that, that goes and harvests the evidence, where there's reference to a Facebook pictures. But this report is not based on any use of social media report, and whereby this kind of admissions could be put into the report. And this is what makes others feel this is a whitewash, the report is a whitewash. And here what the, in the report what you see is the president saying he only puts investments in the in Palapala. This is what from the report. There's no reference where the president makes a similar admission that he sells animals. And then you look at the framing on remunerated work. Uh, I think the public protector was at pains to underscore mm. that the president there's no evidence that the president has received any remuneration, even on the aspect of a self-employment, where one they would sell and generate income. It is not covered in that regard. The public protector has said that the president has no remuneration received from that farm. Instead, he only puts investment. All right. But when you look at the ethics code, mm. it talks on on aspect of exposing yourself 
to situations that involve risk of conflict of interest, mm. which I feel the president is, is exposed to that kind of a thing. But here the public protector said, uh, no, there is no uh, uh, evidence that there's a conflict of interest between your personal interest where that is a close cooperation and at Palapala and, and his responsibilities as a president. So this is a very conflicted report in terms of how people understand it. And when you peruse it closely, there is room to argue otherwise. Uh, and and it, this is what makes it questionable as to how broad has the public protector interpreted this case of Ramaphosa. And it seems she took a narrow view of it. Advocate Hoffman, Section 96 of the Constitution is clear when it comes to the conduct of um, you know members of cab- cabinet and the fact that they should not place themselves in a situation where there is a risk. And you look at some of what you know the public protector is using as legislation here to rely, um, you know, on in order to get to her conclusion. Does do these acts and you know the law, including you know with the constitution, do they tally? Do they speak to one another? If we're seeing such conflict arising on 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 this particular issue of declaration, yes, uh, you're right on the ball there. Section ninety six two a says that the president may not, and this is the, uh, the the actual wording, undertake any other paid work. Uh, it's not about remuneration. It's about any other aid work. Now, that expression finds its way into uh, Section 2 of the, um, uh, the legislation that, uh, that uh, Parliament passed, the Executive Ethics Members Act of 1998. And in that um, legislation, the... the, the, uh, the is created to produce a code of ethics that must include provisions prohibiting cabinet members, deputy ministers and MECs from undertaking any other paid work. So the real question is not whether um, uh, uh, President Ramaphosa is getting uh, a salary out of his, um, his farm. It's whether he has undertaken any other paid work and that does not seem to have been um, analyzed adequately. The idea being that we don't want our political leaders to be distracted by the comings and goings um, in their other paid work. We want them to be full-time presidents and deputy presidents and members of cabinet. And that, I, I think, has not been... Uh, it's, 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 it's a very wide, uh, widely framed, any other paid work phrase. And that phrase has not been adequately interpreted in the, the work that the acting public protector has done on this. And um, yeah, I think you're quite right to say that a conflict of interest can arise as a result of it. You could even say that sending um, or allowing um, a, a member of the presidency and the, the uh, uh, presidential protection unit to rush off to Namibia to, to, to follow up the, um, the, the, the burglary is, is an improper benefit 
to the, the president, and that too is a breach of the code of ethics, which says that you can't use your position uh, to enrich yourself or improperly benefit. So yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be, if there are review proceedings, a question of a court looking into the factual matrix that is established in the report and seeing whether that it contains evidence of other paid work being undertaken by the president by doing all this farming that he admits doing, and yeah. whether the use of um, state resources to, to, to chase down the burglars without going through the proper uh, hawks channels is, uh, is, is also a breach of the ethics code. Morning. Bishop Makwana from Lebohomzonev. You know, the public protector's office image has been tarnished. This acting public protector is a young girl who has been coerced by Cyril Ramaphosa to exonerate him from all crimes, money laundering, fraud that he has committed. You see, these ANC people are too atrocious enough to end a young girl's career, because that's the end of a career. You can't release such a report, which is so fallacy. Well, at least you can see that at face value, prima facie, is there? What is wrong with, 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 with these people of the ANC? Because they just dug their grave. Whatever she has been saying there is hogwash, attribution and nonsense. All right, uh, that's uh, your view there. Thank you so much, uh, Bishop from um, Limpopo. Let's uh, let, let's continue our conversation with uh, Seisman as well as uh, Advocate uh, Paul Hoffman, Seisman Mutlung, the political analyst. Let's uh, round up our discussion. Now, Seisman, I'm going to come back to you. I mean, there's still quite a lot, um, you know, of questions that people even in the public domain have. And uh, the ANC Secretary General, um, in fact, saying that those who have a problem with this particular report must stop insulting the public public protector, and I'm borrowing from his words, and take this particular report on review because that's the only way where they can be able to ventilate some of the issues and get finality on this particular matter. What are some of the questions that are likely to arise within the ANC following this particular installment? Yeah, I think if you're talking about questions from the ANC, we, we see already that Mr. Ramaphosa has managed to solidify his position in the party. His authority is, is felt. And I don't think there's anyone who will outrightly uh, challenge him or impugn that this kind of a report let, let, him, let him lose. Rather, it will be gossip, you know, on the sidelines. But the NC will not do anything. And we've already seen in how the NC defended Mr. Ramaphosa in Parliament when there was a panel inquiring into this, and it blocked further investigations into Palapala. In the NC, nothing is going to happen. It's only on the side of the opposition parties, I think, that will want to take this further. And as Mr. Mbalula says, their recourse is to uh, approach the courts, because commenting on the sides or making uh, public declarations as a political party will not change the standing of this outcome.
And Advocate Hoffman, is it perhaps maybe, um, you know, wise as, as the other, uh, you know, oppos- opposition parties are doing to saying that they're taking this matter to court for finality's sake? I guess around the questions that are arising, that when do we draw the line for people who hold a public office as high as the prison, for example, on what they can be involved in, what they can't be involved in, some of the questions that arise around the broad, um, you know, aspect that the public protector may also possibly have taken in some aspects of the report or even a narrow view in others, could the courts be the arbiter that actually puts these particular matter to finality? Yes, I think that it is perfectly within the rights of those who complained about this incident to take the, uh, the acting public protector's report on review by the courts with a view to getting some uh, proper interpretation of the terminology that is used in the Constitution, in the relevant legislation, and in the Executive Ethics Code itself. But that's not the end of the matter. There's a lot of prima facie evidence of a wrongdoing crime in the matter. There is the question about the failure to report the, the burglary to the Hawks. That in itself is a crime. Whether our broken criminal justice administration will swing into gear and uh, investigate wrongdoing on the part of the president insofar as uh, retaining the uh, cash for more than 30 days and failing to report the matter using the uh, uh, presidency's facilities and the uh, presidential protection unit to, to act as his private investigating officers for recovering the, uh, the proceeds of the burglary. Those are all issues that don't need to be the subject matter of a review. They could be the subject matter of criminal prosecutions against those whom the National Prosecuting Authority, um, on the basis of a properly prepared docket, would uh, regard as having prima facie committed a crime in relation to this um, entire factual matrix. Yes, what the, the advocate is saying on reporting is something that you see in the report, the public protector saying she has no jurisdiction. That issue, she, had, she did not cover it. She did not make a determination on it. Instead, what she did was to say the law enforcement uh, is the, in the ambit of the law enforcement. That's what is outstanding, similar to the issue of declaration of this money by the South African Reserve Bank. This is what makes a, a negative as, uh, aspect of this report, that it is, in a way, an incomplete report. And I think uh, the acting public protector also said that, because that issue of South African Reserve Bank and the police has to be clarified. And in, 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 at a face value, you do see that there is an impression that the president has put his office in, 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 a, in, a, in a, the integrity of his office has been compromised. And this is something that public protector report did not touch on. 
And it's going to be interesting, um, you know, as, as as some have said in the public domain, that they'll be taking this matter to court. The DA, for example, um, saying that as well. It's going to be interesting to see some of these, uh, you know, conversations and some of these arguments being presented in court and, uh, you know, really just looking at whether or not this particular report will stand the scrutiny. This particular report is, in fact, you know, something that, um, you, you know, as some have said, a whitewash, but others are saying it puts the matter to bed. So where do you stand? It'll be interesting to see what the courts pronounce on this particular matter. That was a Director of Accountability Now, Advocate Paul Hoffman and Political Analyst Seisman Mudlowung, helping us just to understand the legislation around the declarations when it comes to people as high as the president, members of cabinet, do the laws speak to one another? Are they in line with the constitution? Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View.